Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode, uh, you know, I don't know, to be honest with you. It could be 75, 76. 52. No, it's definitely not 52, but it's in the high, uh, mid-70s. I believe it's 76. <laughs> like, what, are you a weather guy? Mid-70s, the low of uh, 50, 70s or so. Uh, I just did morning TV, and they... Uh, they were doing that, and I was watching the lady, and I so, because it was live, you know, and I so wanted to go, like, fuck it up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you ever, have you ever fucked it up? Uh, morning TV? Yeah. I said shit one time. Did you? And they immediately cut, and they go, we gotta talk. And I was like, take it easy. I know I shouldn't have said it. It just came out. Did you, know? did you, you realized it, did, so you realized it after you said it. It wasn't sure. like. Sure, yeah. I mean, I just, I was really, it was like, I think it was the first time I'd ever done it. And I was pretty nervous, and uh, I think it was actually radio the first time I cussed on. But yeah, I said shit, and they immediately cut it and acted like I had, you know, pronounced fucking, uh, or, uh, what's that religion? Fucking Islam. Oh, yeah, what about it? I don't know. They acted. They they. they oh, they, they acted they, like you. Right, you showed a picture of Muhammad or something. Yeah, like they just exactly shut you down. Like, this is what I believe in. Or uh, oh my god! No, I did that. I did that on radio. Probably. Yeah. You know what? The first time I did radio was in El Paso. I totally dropped an f bomb. Really? Just morning time. Yeah. And Kids are going to school. You're young and you're nervous and you're. It's like, all nerves. Yeah. It was all like I've never talked into radio live before. Radio or um. Radio or like getting on the back mic and being like, okay, can you introduce the, uh, you know, be like, hey, everybody, welcome to the comedy club or whatever. Like some clubs have had me do that, you know, like featuring or whatever, like getting on the back mic. Oh, God. You know, like, you guys ready for a good show? That kind of stuff. Oh, you have to do that? Well, I have before. It's been a long time. That's like stuff that you do if you work at the club. Right. But so is that what you're saying? Was it shittier clubs would be like, hey, do you mind doing this? Oh like, my to God. the feature act generally. I saw. Like, Will you introduce the, the MC from the back kind of a thing? Oh, that's horrible. I saw this guy. Actually, I'll just say the club. It was Flappers. They're okay. Flappers is okay. Right. But they're way better than they were when they started. But I saw something last week. I was like, come on, guys. The feature for the show had to go up after and get people to sign up for the raffle. Yeah. But, you know, that's like cool maybe before the show. Yeah. But this guy had to go up and it was just like dance monkey. <laughs> and the guy's just a comedian. It's like that's not you you have a staff here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody else could come up and don't put anybody on the show that has to do the the club's bidding, you know? Yeah, or when they have raffles or some bullshit like Yeah, that. that's what it was. It was some raffling some bullshit and come on, dude, like Craig Glazer, who recently passed away, would do this thing where he would give away free tickets after the, uh, he would come up and talk and then introduce the MC, and then he would stand off to the side and be giving out free tickets to these people who had to, like, come up this staircase. So the poor MC is up there trying to do material, 
just getting fucking stared at because people are over in a line getting their tickets. See, I mean, it's just like so some of these clubs, it's like, why? who made you think you could run a comedy club? There's a science to it. Dude, absolutely. And being a, uh, hang on, let me fix this. Being, being, a, being an MC is a lost art, you know? Nobody knows Interesting. How to, people don't know how to fucking MC anymore. This guy, here, let me fix this. Yeah, that is so true. MC also, oh, you're going to edit all this? I shouldn't reveal too much. No, no, no. I'm not, I just mean if it's. Oh, uh, the video? Cool. I love the rawness of your podcast. <laughs> Don't even know which week we're on. Do you even know my name? <laughs> Matt Edgar with one T. That's right. Oh my God. Nailed it. it is. But yeah, before that little uh, pause there to fix my shit, um, I was saying that it, being MC is a lost art because no one teaches anyone in these in, in, in a lot of these cities how to do it, you know? And yeah. this guy that I that I just had MC for me, and uh, I wouldn't even say where because he he wasn't a bad guy or anything. He just he, <laughs> he had all this really nasty material, and he ran the light by a good ten minutes. Ten? Yeah. Well, maybe. It, I it, mean, that's that you get felt, fired for that. It probably felt like ten to me. It was probably <laughs> more like five. But sometimes my timing is skewed when I'm watching someone else. Like one time I was in Arkansas, and this guy was. MC in the show, and I was like, "How much time is this motherfucker doing?" And I went over, looked at my watch, and he had done four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it just seems oh, like an eternity. God, God damn. Shut I mean, up. damn. I mean, like, like it, it's it's really bad when because you know that feeling when you're up there and it's taking forever to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I always I always wonder is, is does this feel horrible for you guys too? Yeah. Like am I am I the only one that's aware that I'm completely boring right now? Yeah, which is why I won't uh, you know, I, I don't I don't really smoke pot anymore, but I I, I used to smoke and go and like try to headline a show and that's fine to smoke pot and do shorter sets, but to try and do a headline set, that first 15 minutes is fun, but then it just yeah. that last 30 you're just like Oh, dude, I mean... Why did I do that to myself? Yeah, I mean, also, because, like you said, first 15 minutes is a blast a lot of times. Uh, but after that, it's like, when you're coming down, I always go, did I already... Like, if I'm trying to do an act, yeah. like, did I say this already? Or yeah. You don't need that shit, you know right. what I mean? Also, the, the biggest thing with weed and stage is timing. My timing, I like, you know, I could even... I'll go on a funny high tangent and it could work but then i'll listen to it later and it's like oh where there was no rhythm there was just thought you know maybe i get a few laughs but i could i could even hear myself messing words up i could the word recall that's really hard for me when i'm high like i sit there for a second remember we did that in the back recently what was the word like you had a word we were all smoking jesus now now there's no way i'm gonna be yeah now there's no way but it was like such a basic word yeah. And we're all just sitting there, and we knew what you meant, yeah. so we all had the problem. It was like nostalgic. It was like a synonym for nostalgic, but I was like, oh, sentimental, sentimental, yes. But I was like, it's not nostalgic, but it's and and there's like four dudes back there, four pretty smart guys. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe, who's a spelling bee word. champion, very word efficient, was just like dumbfounded, and he, like I said, we all knew the word you're looking for. Right. It was like that. Ah, what's that when you're it's like soft, it's like sweet, but 
Yeah, dude. And then it was just, you know, <laughs> now that happens in the back where we're all smoking. You know, we were laughing about it. But on stage. Yeah. I mean, that could happen up there. And you're just like, oh, there goes. I mean, every beat counts. And it's fine if you're just doing like if you're just talking or doing stream of conscious, whatever. But if you're trying to remember like a bit that you wrote down or like that you've said before, but you don't have the words quite yet and mm-hmm. you're up there stoned. That can be a nightmare. Yeah. Also, uh, once the audience, you know, sees that you're high, mm-hmm. then it's like they've lost faith in you in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's like, oh, this fucking, like... He didn't think enough to come in here sober. Yeah, that's what he thinks of us. Yeah. There's a guy that works here, uh, a door guy that works here that, that does stand-up. Uh, and he's not bad, but he gets a little too high a lot. And he'll go up there, and he'll even say it on stage. He'll go... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just really high right now. I think he started doing it because you know when like you start doing it early on stand up, you're so bad that like you like some some of your some of the shit you do, you think like it probably got him a laugh. Yeah, I got him a laugh at one point, so he put it in the repertoire. Right. And but then that's like a joke. Then like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just really high right now. Yeah. But I watch the crowd like, when he says it. I watch them all give up on him. Really? You could feel it. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, then, then get off. Yeah. Like, we're not high right now. It's like I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, you need to change that joke about how you work at a grocery store to you used to work at a grocery store because somehow it implants in the audience's mind when you tell them this isn't my only job. Yeah. They they also don't have as much faith in you. Yeah, right. They, and you just kind of – you don't have to, like, lie about what you do, but you just don't have to really – just let them think that this is all you do. You're a comedian for a living. Sure, that's it. Make it seem professional. Yeah, but when you when you're like, you know, at my other job all day long where I stock groceries and I come here and trying to. Now, know, uh, at the same time, I think that would be a, a little bit more appropriate if it were if like some place on the road where the you know if it wasn't if you're not at the comedy store or like an established club, like at the comedy store the. The illusion is everybody here is like, well, you're up at the comedy store. You're a fucking pro. Yeah. Which is the case for the paid regular shows, but not all the shows. Yeah. So, like, if you, if you, I mean, what what is that? Like, you go up, you, you see a show, and, like, you find out that this guy at the comedy store also works, you know, he works at Ralph's. Well, that, and it's like, wait, the comedy store is putting up fucking bag boys? <laughs> God, after Mitzi died, they really <laughs> lost a uh, touch of what's yeah, good. It, it, I watched some of the, uh, do they call it potluck or friends and family, or is it two different things? Potluck. The whole thing is just potluck? Yeah, but okay. then there's friends and family is like a section of potluck, basically. Well, it was just interesting to watch because some of them were, you know, you could really see potential. I sat there and sure. watched last night, and I don't typically do that. I've been trying to watch a little more stand-up lately. And, Me too. And enjoying it more yeah, rather I'm, than being so, like, such a comic about it. Like, yeah. watching it from such a comic lens, you know, rather than just watching it and being like, that's funny, laugh at it. You it's know? weird how you lose your fandom. Yeah. there's the That was the whole reason I started. I had all the albums. I right. grew up listening to comedy albums, yeah. Nobody else really was in high school, but I had them all. Yeah. I had Chris Rock was probably my favorite but you know something happens especially and then your taste like matures like when i got when i turned like you know okay so i'm like a kid i'm in high school when i find well i find my first album's a sinbad album i might like, not even i'm probably 10 yeah um but then you know high school i'm liking chris rock and then you know right out of high school dane cook came around so i i was part of that 
that scene. I fucking loved him back then. I yeah. still think he's technically great. Um, he's but great with the crowd, especially like at like the Laugh Factory when they all know who he who he is and all that. He's he's that know. guy. There's not a lot of crowds that don't know who he is. Yeah, you know. And I think he's better now than he. I think his jokes are funnier now. I think the things he talks about are funnier now. Yeah. But then again, but back then I fucking loved it too. Sure. So he's more mature. I'm more mature. But uh, but yeah. So then like you know my taste matured as a fan. And then when I started doing it, then I, when I started doing it, I became a comedy hipster. Because then I was like, I always like loved Jim Gaffigan. I loved all the big guy like Attell and all those guys. But then when I became a comedian, I saw the underground. Then it's guys that nobody knows, you know. Well, back then, I mean, now a lot of them are famous. Like, I was such a Sebastian Mark when I was a door guy here. Yeah. I just had to. I mean, every time he was Sebastian on. Sebastian what? Maniscalco. No, you were such a Sebastian what? Mark. You know that word? No. It's a, uh, I guess it's a carny term. Um, pro wrestlers use it for, uh, like, their fans that, like, know so much about the product. Okay. Like, a fan will come up to him. Uh, the, and I'm probably going to butcher this origins of it, but this is what I think a wrestler told me this, but I don't know if I'm even telling it right. So basically, like back in the carny days of like pro wrestling, uh, if a fan came up to you, you and like talked like wrestling, like deep and stuff they that shit. they knew their shit. And like, why did you do the whatever here? And, you know, they know moves and stuff. Sure. The, the wrestler would always have baby powder on them. Okay. And they would they would go they would tap him on the shoulder and be like oh cool man well I'll see you in there and it would leave a mark on him, and so when they're in the ring, you know it, it back when it was a more of a carnival thing not everybody came for the wrestling so like a lot of people you know you want to play to the crowd yeah so like the wrestlers would literally play to the people that had marks on them okay so they could just identify like oh this guy you know like if I have to look at him or yell at him you know what I mean or like get a rise out of that guy with the mark. And there's like a bunch of marks. The wrestlers went out and, and marked all these guys. So then, you know, 100 years later, we just call marks. Like, basically, it's like a super fan. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, speaking of Sebastian, he's, you know, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding cocky, but there's only a few guys that I'm like, that guy's definitely – way better than me or better, you know, like, <laughs> I know like he he's just one of those guys that's like man you know you you, you could still get better you know yeah you, you know like I, 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 don't, I again i don't mean to sound cocky saying that because there's a lot of great comedians i'm not saying i'm the best mm. guy out there but he's one of those that i'm like fuck and it's not even that like it's it's almost like because there are a lot of great comedians but a lot of them you could see just you're a fucking pro, Tim, and like you could watch a guy like, like I'll use Gaffigan again. Like you watch Jim Gaffigan as great as he is, you see what he's doing. Sure. You see the parlor tricks and the he's a funny guy, no doubt. But yeah, like yeah, you yeah. could also, you know, you could. It's a different style than you, but you could kill that hard. Right. Sebastian and there's a few of them that like you watch and it's like whoa, like that's other. It's it's a different level. Sebastian to me though, rather than think that, rather than I, or at least for for me and him, when I think Sebastian, I don't think like oh I'll never be able to reach that. I think he gives me hope because the the tale goes that he was the worst. Really? Yeah. When he first got passed here, he was people ask yeah. Eleanor like Jeff he was Scott's like God yeah story. Jeff Scott yeah Jeff Scott has a great story because he actually he claims to have seen and I say claim because he. 
I don't believe that it all clicks once. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I know what you mean. I've heard his story about it, too, where Sebastian kind of became Sebastian in one night on yeah. the stage, like, just in the, you know. It's you like know. It, it dawned on him while he was up there yeah. for a second. No, you start getting hints of, like, well, that I'm going to start doing that a little bit more, and then you wor- and then you see that that works. And some and, hints are bigger than others and yeah. all that, and you have, they're definitely, um, whatever that word is. <laughs> Sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> There are definitely watershed moments where you're like, holy shit, something really important happened to me tonight. Right. Oh, no doubt. You know, like the first time I ever the first time I ever headlined a show was because the headliner didn't show up and it was a one nighter and I had like maybe twenty minutes of material and I told him I could do forty and seventeen, eighteen minutes into it I had my closer left and that was it. Yeah. And I was done. And then somebody sent me a shot of tequila and I ended up doing like an over an hour and I just became like me like i'd only known comedy like six months but i i i just became me like i just started talking to people like i would at a party in fucking college and and i got off stage and i was like i can really fucking do this i know i can i know i can right i isn't that dude was awesome it's like those little moments of your actual voice when you start out i mean those are it's so hard to even like get the glimpse of it but when you do that's why you record all your sets it's like you, you like there's times where now I I got my shit down like I could sound like me now but like for a while it was like it would be an instant we're like whoa like I'd be listening to it's horrible you know how like people say you hate hearing your voice right. you know what I mean in a recorder well yeah we do but there there comes a time where like even as much as I'll hate listening to myself I'll hear this glimpse like whoa dude that was what was that yeah and then. Just play in that. Like, next time, just sound like that. Like, that inflection. Like, that was yeah. more me than... Just do it that way every time, and sometimes you realize, like, oh, those I, those are the three words I don't need. Yeah. Just say it, dickhead. You don't have to set it up so much. Like, it, this last weekend, I just did five shows in uh, Iowa and this new little club in Lowell, Arkansas, which, if, I, if you ever want to go, I'll hook <sighs> you up. It's a, it's, it's a fun fucking little little room and there's no other competition there and i think it's going to end up being great for him but i i did a show there and then i had another show in iowa that i'm like and i didn't record either one of them and i've been pretty good about it lately and i did so much crowd work like kick-ass crowd work and and like some some stuff i'd never done before and i did it exactly the way i wanted to do it like Yes, dummy. That's yeah. how you say that. You know, like we talk about it. You and I talk about it all the time. Like sometimes you just cut out three words or mm, minor add one word here, and it. You know, well, I did it all perfectly. There's a spider's crawling on the stage, and I. Tra- oh yes. I trapped it, and I was like fucking with the crowd about that, and I was like, I got this. And that and shit pops. Nobody could follow that. I was like a fucking Jedi up there for 55 minutes, and I didn't record it, and I'm still kicking oh, myself. I saw when I said that's why you record your sets. Like you lit physically, you're like like. It's I, still because it's really fresh. It's like three days ago. Yeah, I had one of the best sets of my career probably. And then you get off. You don't even get to enjoy the kill. It's yeah. like when I when that happens because every now and then I I'm, I religiously record, but I sometimes like if I'm if I'm in a bad streak, like things are not going. Sometimes I'll get in a. I'm trying new stuff and like it just and I'm gonna keep on. I get a little stubborn and I want to keep on trying and not give in to. I don't need to kill. If I go like a few days, a few shows like that. I need a kill. And then, like, sometimes, <laughs> like, like, I just need it for myself. Like, it's like, it's like any drug. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having kill withdrawals, <laughs> shaking and shit, like sweating. Anybody but, getting in on this at the wrong time would be like, these guys are talking about serial killers. 
<laughs> I need a kill. <laughs> I need to kill. You need it. I mean, that's why we do it. But we get we the the artist in us gets to like, you know, it goes beyond kill. It's like okay, like I'm I'm used to this working. I need more. I need more because it's not feeling like it did to kill anymore. The high gets less and less. Um, I have been really uh, this guy that I that I knew when I was starting out, who was freaking great. Um, he wasn't really doing comedy anymore when I first started. He was kind of on his way out, and I was like, "Why aren't you? Why don't you do it more? You're so good and all this shit." And he was like, "You know that feeling you get when you kill?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's fucking amazing." He's like, "I don't get that anymore." And I was like, kind of sad, like shit. I, it goes I away. Hope that never goes away, um, but it does. Or you have a really good show, and instead of being like uh, on a high about it, you're just like, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like everyone's supposed to shut the fuck up and let me listen. Let me do what I do and listen and laugh, and that's how it's supposed to be. But I'm not really like amped about it. You know what I mean? Would you say unless that unless I'm doing new stuff, which I have been lately, right. and then I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like. Now you're getting somewhere. Don't yeah. Just, don't just drive across. Don't just travel across the country and regurgitate all the same shit that you know works. Yeah. You can pull that out anytime you need to. And I've been doing that lately, like where I go to say something where I just. It's funny, but I'm, it's not fully done yet, you know, and if it doesn't get what it would it want, what I want. It doesn't fucking matter. No. Just go back to making the fun of this guy's chicken wings or whatever. And you got them right back. And then, you, you know. <laughs> Those chicken wings are a godsend. Sometimes I'd I'd run out of fuel and like, no, what are you what are you munching on? I love to I love to eat people's food when I'm on stage. That's fun sometimes. That takes such a strong connection. <laughs> like you can't open just reaching for somebody's Yeah, yeah you know you what I mean? Reach like for it, but you just compliment it and be like, Thank oh, you. it looks good and they'll be like, You want some? And sometimes I'm like, sure, fuck it. It always seems to go to do you want some? If you ever talk to somebody's oh, food yeah. about or somebody about their food and how good it looks, they always like feel like, Well, shit, you should uh <laughs> should try some. <laughs> They're like, What happened to the show? <laughs> and we're just like, I'm just eating up here for the, the mic. One of the best sets of my career was in Vegas at the uh, Laugh Factory, and I ate a package of cookies on stage, and uh, and it was so like I wasn't missing a beat, you know. I was just like pausing at all the right spots while I was munching on my cookie and all that. And I I, I do fall in and out of love with stand up. Like the business side of it sucks sometimes, but um, the actual being on stage. Friday night, th this last weekend, I had some people in the crowd, and it wasn't like, it w it was fine, and I did well, and whatever, and they were happy with it, they, you know, they're high school friends, so they were like, dude, that was great, and in my head, I'm like, eh, you didn't fucking see it the way I, yeah, way the way I wanted it to oh, do yeah. it, and then, so I just went to bed with like this bad taste in my mouth about the show, and then Saturday night, I had one of the best shows ever, and I was just like, god damn it, that's why, this is like a drug. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, you it, you need is to get your, your favorite fixing. part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's the business sucks. The business is like any business. Yeah. I'm not a businessman. You know, m like my dad. Most funny comics aren't. No, really. it doesn't. That doesn't. The the funny ones. Yeah. I mean. I mean, there are those there are. who are decent at at the business side and good for them and blah blah blah. But some of the funniest guys are so bad at all the shit that matters these days. And I don't want to focus too much on that because it's just. You know, I, I I already focus enough on it. Yeah, and I bitch about it all the time, and there's Me no too. money in bitching about it. No, you know, mm -mm. all these fucking sucklings that are that are 
figuring out the social media game and yeah. the YouTube game and all that, but they're not. But they haven't put their time in on stage. They're probably my biggest pet peeves. Big time, big time, man. And that's it's what like I've always liked about you. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's yeah. part of what I've always liked about you is that even when you were very first starting out, you were very respectful of stand up and like the craft and not thinking you were hot shit because you were young and funny mm-hmm. and a good looking kid. You were still like very like I want to learn. That's all know? I wanted. Yeah, and, and you're still like that. Very much. Yeah. 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 I and mean, now you've been doing it what ten or twelve years? Eleven. Yeah. 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 yeah I nailed it. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. What, what, how many, what week are we on? Uh, no, I uh, I think that the other stuff will come. I feel like the business part, and what's you know, and it's what scares me is I know prolific comedians that have zero business sense and they're getting old, and I don't think anybody really looked out after them, and it, yeah. and that part scares me. But I think that's where maybe a little bit of good old fashioned faith comes in. That like, I just I really do feel like Tim. All that other stuff, <clears throat> like the the business, that that will look at man. There needs to be show before the business, and and to me, mastering as well as I can, I'll never be satisfied. I've accepted that a long time ago, sure. but I will. I, I I'm so interested in learning and and trying new things. I love the art. It's it's been ingrained in me since I was a child. So when I finally got to the age where I do it. That, that's all I cared about. It, the business stuff, I just think, like, you know, you get really good. People want to people want to have you around. Mm-hmm. People want you to perform on their shows. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will get your ass there. They will, hey, man, you come do this and, uh, and, you know, make sure you're there. And all you have to do is remember to be there at that time. Yeah. And that's become a snowball effect because, like, you know, then you get a manager or, you know – like you know, I have a manager, and and I know I, uh, I know she's super frustrated with me a lot of times because I, there's so no business that she basically has to, you know, not do everything but keep me on it. Yeah. Whereas I'm gonna not tweet about the sh- show. I'm I'm gonna, I'm just worried. I'm literally, if you think I'm not working on it, you're wrong. I'm listening to my recordings, or right, I'm right. You know, or I'm, I even like we were just saying, like I'm trying to be a fan again. I really do believe in inspiration being like a way to, you know, like if you're having a slump, watch Sebastian, watch somebody that inspired you. When I do that, like then I'm like, oh yeah, because I forget. I just want you got to take yourself outside of you. You right. know what I mean? Like and then and then re fall in love with the art. Uh, and the art is just what we do. I mean, you're like that too, Tim. It's just you're all about. You know what's good? Getting funny, getting getting better at at it. New jokes, new shit, the new hour, the new act, the business. I think comes. It comes. It, it has for me this year. It's been great, and nothing really changed. The only thing that changed was people started relying on me more. Yeah, I think that's becoming a pro. I think when you when people are relying on you. Yeah, and it's not more. No longer is it about you getting up because you need the stage time for yourself. Where You've made commitments, and people, if you don't go up, you fuck shit up, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to fuck shit up. Right. I mean, I think that, I mean, is that as good of a businessman as I'm going to get? I mean, maybe, but as long as people are like, you need to be here on this time, we'll give you this much. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I, I'm not famous on any level, but I haven't, I've worked steadily for 18 years, and it's because, you know, especially now that I don't drink, they're like, well, you know, you hire that guy. 
He's going to get a laugh every 15 seconds for 50 minutes fucking straight. He's not going to drink. He's not going to try to fuck your weight staff. And he's not going to cause any problems. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? It's a safe bet. There's still some value in that, you know? Absolutely. And it It feels like there's not sometimes, but then you have to realize, like, well, dude, you haven't had a job in a long time. It's because you're reliable and you're good at what you do. You know, just because you're not... household name doesn't mean shit and also i want that all those all those people that you're talking about like i I, we share the same pet peeve about the the more you know like whether it's like more social media inclined rather than working on the art you know what i mean or actually caring about it you know what i mean like those people what happens is the same thing that happens to everybody they get old look man like i could age like you say i'm a good looking kid like that did me no good. Being a good-looking twenty-something, that didn't get got me nowhere. Yeah, uh, I work in comedy. Nobody, uh, I I produce comedy. I have producer credits for TV stuff that because I've written on it. Or I help create the thing. Yeah, funny stuff. Nobody knows what I look like. They'll see the name. Yeah, but but that that's gonna last longer than like being an Instagram thing or like you're going to get old dude like everybody gets old so like if you don't if you don't get and you say say it does work out say you actually hit and for some reason you get famous and you're 26 years old you've been doing comedy 3 years or whatever and you have all these followers well look at man now you're going to get opportunity now you really fucked yourself up because right. now you're going to have to go do these shows and you're you're gonna get exposed. Yeah, that ha- I got it's and a tale all this be time. Over, and then you're gonna take the money you do have left left and probably get into drugs or something. Yeah, and nobody's <laughs> really gonna care about you because there's another hot thing coming up that's yeah. also not good. But yeah. they're hotter than you. You're old now. Yeah. So when you're good at comedy, we've learned a trade. I'll yeah. always work. Yeah. I'll never. I'll never. If I ever. If it ever comes down to it, and like you know, I just saw this guy. He's a. He's a. Uh, a model he's a he's a buddy of mine got in a car wreck and he got a scar on his face yeah uh so he's you know it's that thing where i don't know what you know this is like is my life over yeah but i don't have to worry about that right. you could chop my nose off and then i'll have a new half an hour about it yeah it's like it makes me powerful and, and when you're funny it doesn't it doesn't matter what you look like like i i've been i've been 25 pounds heavier i've had Facial hair, no facial hair, long hair, short hair. I've worn a hat. I've worn a suit. And I always get pretty much the same laughs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not like, dude, it, yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. You know, Work on the trade. Yeah, get good at what you do. And then that's, that's you know, I, again, I, wanna, I don't want to rail on it too much because it just, I don't want to sound like the grumpy old man every podcast. But I just wish people would get good at that part. And then worry about this. Like, mm-hmm. like I just did this show in Dubuque, Iowa, and it was at this casino, and it was a nice theater, and and it was a it was a great show. But the MC afterwards, we're we're eating some dinner in the casino, and he goes, "Yeah, some of my friends won't do this gig because they they say it doesn't advance their career." And I'm like, "They don't have a fucking career. Yeah. They need to take every shitty gig oh my they God. can possibly do and be on stage as much as possible. That's the only way to get better. And these guys that are like, oh, I don't think that's going to advance my career. Career? What the fuck are you You're not even about? in L.A. or New York. I mean, God, there is no career outside of those towns. <laughs> or, or even working steadily. But, and also, if you, you know? really think about it, it, wouldn't it be better for your career to get better at comedy? You know what? Whitney Cummings... <clears throat> Who might be the best business man that the, there is? Yeah, she's. she's I mean, God, just. At, I don't but know her she, very well, but 
I, I used to know her more when she was around here more, when I worked here. Super cool, super cool person. She told me one time, and this is, this is when I think she had just sold a, uh, uh, her first show. Okay. And she was like, you know, her stand-up was getting strong. And, uh, but she said, look, man, you know, she'd, go up, she'd go up everywhere. It didn't matter for Whitney. So imagine that. Winnie Cummings was going up in shitty cafes and bars and whatever. I mean, hustling, hustling yeah. every night, multiple times a night. One time she told me, she's like, look, why don't you go up every chance you get? Because every time you, get, you go up, you get a little bit better, yeah. a little bit better. So why wouldn't you do that all the time? That is so funny. I, I literally was just saying the exact same words to the – I did a podcast with the MC in the feature that I just worked with, and uh, and I was literally saying the same thing. I was I was, take, I was telling him about it being like a lug, lug nut, you can, how you can tighten, a, tighten a, your um, lug nut, and you can just keep making it tighter and tighter and tighter, and every time you go up, you get just the tiniest fucking bit better. So that's why yeah. you have to just keep doing it. These fuckheads that go up like twice and they're like, I'm a comedian. It's insulting. It is insulting. <laughs> and I have a saying. I, I, I always talk to my girlfriend about this that like I hate when people are offended. It, it, it offends me when people are offended. Yeah, because it's yeah. like, oh, like the shit that is said to me, because I put myself out there. I get real hate. And, and, and it is what it is. When somebody gets offended, when somebody says something they don't like, or it's about this, and they get like, so that makes me think you think you're better than me. You're offended. Yeah, I'm not even offended. Right. So what makes you think you get to be offended? But the one thing that actually does offend me is that kind of comedian that's done it a few times. Now you're a comedian, and now you think like you think you're a comedian because you went up a few times. You're not really gonna work on it a few times a month, maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? And even way you take stage time. You claim comedian. You have pictures at the big clubs that you did your fucking bringer oh, show at. And yeah. yeah, that offends me. Yeah. Straight up. Because I care so much about, I care about this more than I care about Matt Edgar, the dude. Yeah. Because that, that, I'm just a, I'm just a guy like anybody. But the comedian, there's value to it. So when you're taking, you're, you're putting value in the bullshit that you're not even trying. Like, yeah, I've given up too much for this shit. Yeah. For you I to just like sit here and say you're a comedian. You don't get to say you don't get to say me and you do the same thing. You, you have no idea the shit I have done in this business. The fucking gigs I have done in the middle of nowhere in front of, you know, just some, and <laughs> on the hours I've spent thinking about it and traveling to it and sacrificing things, all the weddings I've missed, all the, Everything I miss everything. And the dude. weddings. That's such a great point. The bachelor parties of my best friends. Yeah. And also not to mention being physically hungry because I threw my life into it. I would there was a minute where the minute lasted a couple of years after <laughs> after I was a, a door guy at the comedy store. Because like being a door guy, I could work every night. I was also working the phones during the day. So that's kind of a steady job. You so know what I mean? Your first time on stage was here. Yeah. Okay. Is the open mic? Started yeah. as a door guy. Yeah, and then like a month later, I I started parking cars here, and then that that became my main gig. That's probably where I met you. Yeah. I'm a few years. I mean, you were already a headline and touring headliner. I was still parking cars, I believe. Um, when, I, when I first got here. When you first got here, yeah. And uh, but I I that was a job, and I got minimum wage or whatever. But it was a job, and I I shared an apartment with like four other comedians. It's what we all did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? After I got 
past here, they wouldn't let me work here back. They, I feel like I see employees still. If you get past, they still get to work here. That's that wasn't it wasn't that like that. It wasn't a thing. No, though. they told me I couldn't work here anymore. They didn't want their paid regulars parking cars or checking IDs and then going up. It just didn't look good. Yeah. Um. And so then what? I have no money because I wasn't good enough at comedy to get paid for it. Right. So I was fucked. But then it was like one of those things where I would get a gig like a couple times a month. So what job do I get? This is before Lyft and Uber and like things that you could just do on the side. Like I'd had to commit to yeah, yeah. a job. So I didn't have one. And and I was starving, hungry, physically. I wouldn't eat. And I wouldn't even know where food would come. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then you want to tell me you're a fucking comedian when when you have another career. Some of you guys are married and have kids. Or, like you have – you, dude, be hungry, dude. Be hungry and like not know if you're going to – how you're going to pay rent. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's several people out here in Hollywood, period, who this is just like college for them. They're just like out here, and their parents are paying for everything. And It's they like just, college for them. Yeah. It's such a good uh, – yeah, because like yeah. – Their parents are still paying for everything, and, you know, sometimes they're 30 years old, and they're like, oh, my dad sends me a check. And I'm like, you're just at fucking – you're just at, at summer dream camp. God, <laughs> dude. I mean, I really do think You're that not out here killing yourself. When I, th- I first moved out here, I went through. I had like ten grand, but I didn't book anything on the road for like three months because I was like, "Well, I need to be there," and you know, I fucking didn't know. And the next thing you know, it doesn't take shit to go through 10 grand. No, when, dude. When you're not work, when you're not making any money. And and I was hungry and and paying for this fucking my apartment was about the size of this room and it was like 650 every month and the lady yeah. the lady always had like her breast smelled like McDonald's onions and she always <laughs> had like these crushed velvet pants on and she was really she was really big but she was really sneaky and she'd be like, "Hello Tim." And I'd be like, "Fuck. I didn't even know you were there, bitch." Wow. <laughs> The creepy oh, landlords yeah, in I've, this town I've that are just feeding off the dream. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. My room was literally not any bigger than this podcast with a bathroom attached to it. Yeah. Uh, was it a uh, bachelor? Did you have a kitchen? No. Yeah, I you had, had a bachelor. I had a, I had a refrigerator with yeah. a microwave on top yep. of it. One of those little college. Oh, I did the bachelor. I did the – and yeah, 600. That's what it went for back then, maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Studio apartments are over a thousand out here. It's not easy. I mean, that's the thing. That's why. Look at I. Uh, there's been an argument that I've heard come and go throughout my time as a comedian, where um, people go, people that don't live in LA or New York, like comedians that don't live in LA or New York, like, oh, they just think they're better than us because they're in LA or they're in New York. Here's the deal. Here's why we are better than you. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with who can be fun. funny could come from anywhere anyone doesn't matter what you are man woman nothing okay funny's funny oh you guys do comedy in front of each other it's very mediocre i go up after bill burr i go i bring up dave Chappelle. yeah the bar for me in la or new york where you're you're actually in the fight is infinitely higher than you and your boys in fucking San Antonio telling the same jokes that you've told for uh, the few times a month that you actually do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say that uh, when I'm on the road, I'm pretty relaxed and, you know, it, it's all, it's, you know, it, it's way more. Um, I know I'm going to go up and do my hour and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to do everything I want to do. And when I get here, it's a lot more like, OK, you're doing 10 minutes now. Yeah. You know, now you have to cram that into 10 minutes and you don't know who's in the room and 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 last night 
Because every time I come up here and I put my name in the bucket, yeah. I've been doing comedy now for 20 years, 18 for a living. And That's got to be. <laughs> well, every time I put my name in the paid regular bucket, because the paid regulars put their name in a bucket and they draw them out. And sometimes you'll be first or second or third or fifth, and those are good spots. Yeah. And sometimes you'll be 12th or 15th, and those suck. But, Go home. But when you're playing that little bit of a lottery, when you're putting your name in and all that, my heart is just pounding. And I feel like I'm getting ready to wrestle, and like my legs are shaking and shit. And last night, I, instead of being, like, bothered by it, I was trying to enjoy it. Like, how fucking cool is this that at 43 years old, I still get this amped about it? And some people would have to do a line of Coke. Oh, yeah. Or take 10 Red Bulls or to feel the way I do about putting my name in a fucking bucket. Isn't that – I mean <laughs> – And then waiting to how see do when you it still gets ha- It's out. almost like to go back to that old guy when you were starting out, how he lost the – feeling of the kill yeah it's like yeah you still it's still strong in you that yeah. means you still have a, lo- a long comedy lifeline ahead of you, you think this, so? this i think so i mean if you still have that kind of like i know the feeling and yeah. and i'm always taken aback when i don't have that yeah recently i really because i used to so when i first started comedy the first five years i would not have a drink or anything before mm-hmm. i went on because i really wanted to get the sense of it you yeah. know i felt like when you do when you when you loosen yourself up, because the whole point in the beginning is to get comfortable. It's sure. all, that's why we do shitty open mics in front of other comedians that don't give a fuck. Right. It's about being up there and learning comforts. You're not going to get much done other than that. Yeah. Uh, so I really cared about – I was serious. I, I, I'd get hammered after, but before, like, you know, I'm straight and narrow. And then after I found a good comfort, I was like, well, I, you know what? Now I just want to loosen up so I could – I'd have the goal to try more stuff. Yeah. Recently, I, I realized that a little bit, and it shouldn't have taken this long to realize it, but I, d- I lose something when I drink up there. There's like almost a, it's a memory thing. I remember Kirk Fox saying, I was like, just grab a drink. He's like, no, I got to go on. I was like, ah, just one. He's like, no, I'll forget stuff. And I was like, no, you won't. One drink? No, you won't. He's like, no, I will. And it's like, I've drank with you a thousand times. You, you, we get hammered. You, you're fine. Yeah. No, no, no. And then, but it dawned on me, like, God, this month, I was like, I didn't go up. I didn't have a drink, and I was like way more sharper. And then yeah. I didn't again. I didn't do it. And then like now, that's just my thing. It's like, like uh, I I'm past the point of needing to be loose, mm-hmm. but like or thinking I needed to be loose because of you know alcohol would loosen me up up there. I'm there. I'm already. I'll be fine. I can't afford to forget stuff now. Yeah, that's more valuable to me. Well, Patrice O'Neill, I got to feature for him in in Houston. Gosh, probably ten years ago. My favorite. Yeah, you know. Patrice, not Houston. (laughs) One of the best on anyone's list, and if he's not, then I don't want to talk to you about comedy. Then Um, you don't get it. You just don't. (laughs) You don't get to talk. I don't want to talk to anyone who doesn't think Patrice O'Neill's funny. I just have nothing. Yeah, it's like, then what do you think is funny? interested in anything you have to say. Jeff Dunham? But uh, he told me when we were talking, and he said, you know, one night I got fucking wasted on stage, and I was brilliant. He goes, I was just killing and yeah. saying shit I'd never said, and I was so loose and relaxed, and it was great. But then I got home, or the next day, I thought to myself, I got to learn how to do that <laughs> without doing that. Isn't that, you know? D- do you ever write jokes high? Yeah, sure. Okay. But, uh, well, I think of a lot of things under the influence of pot, but whether they get written down or any of that. Yeah, another that's another story. story. But I think it's some brilliant shit. Sure, I'm like man, if that got written down. But do you think about okay, coming up with the brilliant idea high is is a, I think that's natural. I think that's like not even a bad writing tool. Some of the best writers I know do that, and yeah. it's like it, that's fine. Uh, 
trying to learn how to perform or, or write the way of performing it while you're high mm-hmm. is near impossible because yeah. being high there's an enthusiasm to it and when you're coming up like and you're saying it in your head and you're doing the act out almost like alone yeah. you know what i mean and you but you see it clearly how it would go down that's all fine and dandy you could put it all on a on paper try to recapture that up there yeah you're not high you're not in that mind space yeah you are not the same thing it's not the same it takes the idea could carry over yeah but the way of doing it You'll never, you'll never. I'm sorry, man. I've tried too many times to memorize my stoned out lines that I wrote for myself, and just yeah. I'm I forget more than as if I were than if I was high. It's like I don't even know what what was the feeling I had when I came up with this. Well, and in the moment, it sounds so interesting in your own brain, like oh, this is gonna blow people's minds. Oh and yeah. Some time passes, and you go to say it, and you're like. This isn't coming out the way it uh, dude. sounded. Wait, in my when you head. start, when you start <laughs> saying it, and the words have already started to come out, and you're up there, and it's you see it's not connecting, yeah. and but you know you're at the beginning, and it's like, oh, this I already, <laughs> this is just gonna suck. This it, is gonna yeah. peter off. Yeah, you know? it sucks when you're balls deep in something that you know is gonna go nowhere, and you're like, fuck, I gotta keep going now. I yeah, gotta keep plowing. Or this. does I know this happens to you, Tim? <laughs> when you go up, okay, so you have like an old joke. Right. Yeah. Or take. OK, so like this happened to me last night because like, you know, like you said, the 10 minute thing you have to, you know, what do I want to get done in 10 minutes? I fucked up yesterday because I I should have had new stuff, but I all the new stuff I've been working on is more extensions of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I want to stretch my stuff out, you know, and a lot of like the Smart. things that I would do, like uh, like a joke I would write, like. It, it now leads to another thing, which actually to me is the fun part. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I can't just start there. Yeah. I have to start with the old shit to get to that thing, you know? Yeah. So then it just takes more time. So when I'm talking 10 minutes of comedy, I can't do – I if I jump into this new part of this joke, well, there's no context. Right. So it's like it, 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 a lot gets lost by the time I get there, you yeah. know? But then if I tell the whole thing, I'm going to run out of time. So like last night, I'm like thinking like, okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna mess up the order on purpose and see if I could put it back together. Because you know, Patrice used to Bill Burr, Bill Burr worship Patrice, you know, and he uh, there was an interview where he talked about this is this is really cool podcast. <laughs> I hate promoting another podcast on a podcast. Okay. I forget the dude, and you know, I won't even promote because I don't remember what it is. Oh, it's called That's a Good One. I don't remember. It's about this guy basically. The the editor in chief of a uh, vulture okay. um, interviews comedians about jokes that they do. So they'll play the joke and then they'll interview the comedian about how they wrote it. It's pretty. I mean, if you're a fan of comedy yeah, yeah. and the inner workings of it, it's neat. And all the comedians are. It's Bill Burr. It's fucking uh, Seinfeld did one. They're okay. great. But Bill Burr was saying, for whatever the joke doesn't even matter. But the, he was talking about how uh, the guy asked him a question about how do you keep it fresh. If you're telling the same thing every time, said so Patrice told him that he's like, dude, like start, you know, mix it up. Like, don't even don't even use the same words. Like, it's the feeling you get back to the feeling. The feeling will always be the funniest part, like the technical like word economy things, which is like it's like left brain, right brain. You know what I mean? Like some some people that works better, like Seinfeld has it all down. Right. Whereas Patrice is just like it comes out the way it comes out. You know, yeah. Patrice is like this Zen, like. He's almost like a Buddhist if there is like yeah yeah comedy religions you like know a comedy Jedi he's like a Jedi but uh, so I tried that last night I was like 
I would start. I started this joke that I wanted to get to this actual funny part, but then it dawned on me, like right when I started it, I forgot. Like, oh wait, now I have to do all this to get to that. So I got the first laugh out of the joke and just changed the topic. Yeah, and it was like that's I'm sad because I don't feel like wasting any more time. At least this time, this ten minutes on that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I want to. I want to just get straight. I want. I mean. Okay, and th- now I have like I've just burned maybe two minutes on that, so that puts me at eight minutes. And like, fuck, like all my jokes are just going to be set up punch now. It's like I'm not even to be able to get into the the whole the the essence of it. It's like you said, it's like that ten minutes. It just takes away from. I- I've been doing thirty forties a lot, so yeah. it's like now I got to go back to ten, like. Yeah, and when you first do it after doing the road, you come back and then you have to do 10 minutes. It's like, it's not going to be good. Yeah. I'm going to have to take out too much. And so I don't know what to do. I try last night. I tried to do it differently and it was like, it got off. It's like when pe- your friends would tell you like, that was great, dude. But you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, nah, that was cool. It definitely got the laughs, but there was no flow. Yeah. Yeah. After every joke, it was like a new joke rather than the. I like the fucking concept album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like it flowing all the way through. Like this last Friday show I did where my friends were at from high school that they thought was so great afterwards. I'm just, in my head, I was just like, fuck, I was just up there pushing play in my head. Like, yeah. There was, no, there was no connection, really, with the audience, and I felt it. And, and I got the laugh everywhere I was supposed to, like you said, but it just wasn't the fucking same. Did you was, – was that early show or late show? Well, there was only one show Friday uh-huh. one Saturday. And then Saturday was awesome. But I was just in my head too much, and they were talking. And normally when people are talking in the show, like, I would I would fuck with them. But since I knew them and I didn't know his wife, yeah. it, it just take it's a, it's a weird, different dynamic that people don't understand about when they come to your shows. Yeah, it's so. definitely, like, your friends. Because to you, you're, to them, you're, they're, you're Tim. Yeah. You're not a professional to them. Yeah. They respect. They don't. They don't realize how disrespectful they're being. Yeah. They just think you're their boy. Oh, look at he's up there. Yeah. And it's almost like they feel like this is partly theirs. Yeah. And yeah, they weren't doing anything wrong, but it was just like one of those things where it was just, just en- just awkward enough for me that they were talking, and and normally I would have said X Y Z to them, but I didn't because I sort of knew them, and they would have taken it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, not knowing the wife—that's a weird dynamic. Yeah. You know, I've done, I've been in that so many times. Yeah. So. You don't know the new girl. Like, where, where, how far can I push this shit? Yeah. yeah. Especially even like, so like, I'll feature for Jeff Garland a lot. And uh, he would I didn't have know that all the time. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I work with him a lot. Good dude. I, great dude. I mean, that guy, right when I started, he, met, I met him in the parking lot of, here at the mm-hmm. comedy store and just became a f- opener, in, which he would let me do like, you know, it's d- gradually gotten more, but like, I'd start off like, all right, just do five minutes. He wanted to help me, but I wasn't good. <laughs> I don't care what you do, you can bomb for five minutes, but just do that. Now I just do full on sets before him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's really he's really looked out for me big time. But like, say, so we do a show, and like something, you know, rock stars come see him, and like, you know, the last time we did a show, and like the lead singer of Toto came. And he and he brought this girl that uh, he wanted to introduce Jeff to, mm-hmm. and but then that girl had a friend and she was a little chatty, and there was this weird thing where I would go, 
I would have addressed it, but then I don't want to fuck with Jeff's thing he's got going. Yeah. Also, this is the dude from Toto. Yeah. I want to hang it. I want it to be fun after because I'm definitely going to kick it with this guy. I yeah, can't yeah. wait to get off to hang out with him. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, and then a lot got lost. It was like kind of I was more soft. I'm usually not that soft. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's it's weird. It, what's great about what's great is when you don't know, like, like there was a I did this benefit show for cystic fibrosis for a good friend from of mine from high school a couple years ago. And there was these two kids in the front and kids dress kind of funny these days. You know, he was wearing like a bow tie and and like. And like skinny red pants, and like just, I mean, he was just dressed different than I did dressed when I was a kid. And I, I was just fucking with him. And it was all organic and really funny. And afterwards, I found out he was the head guy's kids. There was two of them I was fucking with so hard. Uh, and if I would have known that, that would have fucked you it, up. It wouldn't have been the same show. I wouldn't have messed with them near that much. But yeah. I was just killing these kids for like. 30 minutes. It yeah. It was all I, about them and their wardrobe and their life. And ignorance all is bliss, isn't it? Fuck. Yeah. And then I came off and they're like, yeah, it was killer how you were messing with the kids, with the with the uh, boss's sons. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was I great. I wouldn't have done it. One time, there's a guy there, my, my friend's mom's husband. So, like, I grew up with this kid, so I knew his dad. His, and But then they, his parents got divorced, and now there's this guy, Phil. Right. <laughs> Phil's a firefighter, but on the side, he uh, he works in, in the bee industry with like bees. Okay. Like he's uh, what is that called? But beekeeper. I, he's a beekeeper, but I forget what the term is. But anyways, the head beekeeper. He had all his beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> the queen beekeeper. The, uh, he had all his beekeeping buddies with him, but I didn't realize it. And so I knew he was cool about me making fun of bees because I've done it before just to, you know, to his face. Yeah. And then now I'm making fun of bees, but I didn't realize that all his beekeeping boys took it seriously. Yeah. I'm just shitting all over bees, <laughs> you know, and I'm wondering why his friends aren't laughing. Like, his friends are dicks. And then, yeah. yeah, come to find out, I'm just, like, basically shitting over their life's work. Yeah. And it wasn't fun. Everybody's laughing, except for this one group that I had to hang out with after. Uh, that's funny. Bee people <laughs> take it way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when bees are your life, I guess when you have a different passion like that, you don't get into shit like that unless you're passionate. Well, also, it, you know, apparently, like, well, not apparent. I mean, the, it's a known fact, I guess, that bees are going extinct. Well, they are. Big time. And if they do, we're fucked. Because yeah. they do so much pollinating for us. Huh. If there are no bees, the the planet would start to die. Why are bees going extinct? Or is there a big... I don't know. People killing them for their skins or something? <laughs> 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 they did the stingers. You could sell them in the black market. You ever been stung by a bee? Yeah, I'm Dude, allergic. I'd rather be. I'd rather fight a cheese player than get stung by a fucking bee. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> fight a what? A Chiefs player. Oh, a Chiefs? Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Why Chiefs though? Like they're more hardcore no, than no, just a football player, a pro general. athlete, just a pro football player. I'd rather fight one than get stung by a fucking bee. They hurt my. I, I'm allergic, so when I get stung, it like it gets hard to breathe, man. I don't want to fight a fucking bee. Dude, my. Friend, I'd rather fight a Chiefs player. My best friend from high school, we were mowing lawns. And he got stung by a bee, right? And he's like over there spraying water on his leg. And I come over and I'm like, what happened? And he goes, I look down and this bee's just pumping his ass into me. <laughs> <laughs> he's grinding him. And the way he said it, dude, the way he pumped when he did it, it's one of those things that will always, it, it always will make me laugh if I'm just driving. And Don't I think you have it. like 
the funniest friends. Like, we know, like, the most professional funny people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, technically funny. Like, just like, you know, these guys are, some of them are millionaires off of their senses of humor. But, like, some of the funniest people I've ever met in my life are just dudes I grew up with. Yeah. That are so unaware. It's like, it's just them and their themness. Mm-hmm. That are just, they're like, just the right kind of idiot. All the guys that were in my wedding, every single one of them, um, crack me up. I've got this one friend who, uh, every time he sees a black dude on TV, <laughs> he'll go, is that Danny Glover? <laughs> 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 and he says it with such kick-ass timing. Yeah. I mean, it's and just perfect every time. Right, is right. Is that Danny Glover? And it's at, <laughs> at this point, at this point to you, it's like, it's like him just do it. Like, you know it's coming. Like, you see, like, oh, oh, oh. Hey, uh, <laughs> the conviction, too. It's just something about <laughs> something about somebody. I love comedians that play the fool. Yeah. Like I like Rick Ingram. Yeah. Like or like I like like I, I'm all about the rant comedian. Like obviously, you know, Bill Burr is probably my favorite comedian. He's definitely a rant guy. But I love the idiot that like is actually on top of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like that's the point. And what like Judah Friedlander, which I usually don't like. Not a fan of the character comedian, but this guy is just so you could tell he's really smart. Right. And those are the best idiots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something about somebody's convict when they're when they're wrong, but they when they it's almost like they know they're wrong, but they say it as just like they they're just completely right. Just like, oh, is that Danny Glover? Like like to actually (laughs) to actually think to ask it out loud. Just by black and on TV alone, yeah. like like uh, I love that <laughs> shit. The dumb guy. Yeah, and he'll also say uh, he'll say not my problem. If you tell him, you could tell him like, oh yeah, that kid's got cancer. He'll go, <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> and the way he says it is so funny. It's like you know how off it is, but you could I mean you could tell him the worst news ever. Yeah. Yeah, their house burned down, three of their kids got killed. Not my problem. Not my problem, man. My house is fine. <laughs> <laughs> no cancer here. Must suck. <laughs> weak immune system, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah, there's some people I know too that I know could have been comedians. Yeah. If like they would have like I have a friend, he's a lawyer, mm-hmm. but I always thought he was I could tell he could be a good comedian because not only is he funny, but he was always the kid to hold court. Yeah. So always made friends with the parents mm-hmm. when we come like, hey, Mr. Edgar, how you doing? looking good, Troy? You know what I mean? Like he would just like play into that. Or yeah. if we got in trouble with police, he was always the one talking to the cops. Oh, officer, I'm so sorry. This, you know, we're just trying to have a little bit of fun, you know. Like that guy that always needed, right. but he also had good, good, right amount of tragedy in his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like, and he's a lawyer now, so he public speaks. It's like he had all the ingredients. You know what yeah. I mean? But instead, he actually, you know, is making money right. being a being a lawyer. <laughs> but uh, it's just interesting, like what pushes people in that direction. Because I also definitely know really, really funny people that could never do stand up. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? It, dude, it, it's it's a different thing, man. People don't. People don't realize, and I say it all the time, but if you're good at it, you make it look easy. So everyone thinks it's easy. Oh, yeah. It's fucking not easy. It takes a long time to look like you don't give a fuck up there. Oh, God. I'm 20 years into it, and that's what I love about this is I've I've 
whether other people <clears throat> even see it, I know I'm getting better, even if it's just, man, this is a fucking marathon. It ain't no sprint. And I feel myself getting better and giving less of a shit, which in a good way, and and pausing more and, yeah. be, and being okay with that. Oh, my God. And, and not worrying about having to fill every fucking instant, every every moment of silence with talking because you don't have to. That's no. not how a real conversation is. No. But if you think you're going to get up there and just talk on stage like you're having a conversation like we're having right now, it ain't how it works, motherfucker. No, man. So you can get your following and you can do yeah. all this bullshit and you can be you can sell out comedy clubs all over the country, but you can't do stand up comedy. You can't pay nobody no, to teach dude. you. You can't you can't cram it into a year. Mm-mm. Fuck you if you think you can. Yeah, and man. You might make a lot of money and good for you, but You'll you, make a lot of money for a few years. But you ain't no stand up. No, dude. It's <laughs> you not can't gonna call yourself what we are. No. And 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 if you you will get rocked out there. And it will hurt you so bad because at least when I was in my bombing phases, it was in front of like 10 people yeah. in the middle of the night. It, there's no pressure. Yeah. Go get yourself your TV show and then get yourself on stage and go up in a theater of a couple grand and and then like like see how it feels, man. Yeah, it fucking hurts. You know what happens if I got up right now? And there's two grand people waiting out there for us. I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, dude, there's all the possibility. I'll try new shit. I have enough time to, like, think about it up there. The laughter would take so long. Yeah. And that's how you think it's going to go. It's not, dude. It's so technical. Yeah. There's so many little things. When you said pausing, man, that had to have been a year eight, nine, maybe ten for Mm -hmm. me to realize how valuable a, a pause is. Yeah. It's tension. You're building tension. All a punchline is is the release of the tension that you built with the setup. And these are just like uh, I'm labeling everything. You still can't – like you said, you can't teach it. There's no book you read. Yeah. Even my words, you, you don't get it until, you, you, until you're up there and you, you've built way too much tension and the punchline is just this soft thing and then you say it and it went nowhere. You just killed all that time. Yeah. They came with you the whole way to a very little payoff. Yeah. And then now what? Yeah. Like feel that you're sweating, <laughs> sweating, and then you have to, and then you're so rocked by that lack of laugh that you forget. It's like in a, in boxing, yeah. he's hurt. Yeah. He's hurt. He's weak yeah. on his his knees. Yeah. Like it's like that emotionally. It's like that. And then now you're scrambling to get your footing, but then now you could tell they could tell, and then you're sweating, and then you're physically looking bad. And like yeah, dude, you get fucking rocked, dude. I watch it all the time, man. <laughs> Well, the the worst uh, I I know I've told this a few times on stage, but the worst was when I was in the Laugh Factory, and and this happened with a few years ago. I was like, my, without getting into all of it, my blood sugar was low and all this shit, and and like you said, if you're if you're already if you're super nervous and you get your first laugh, it's fine. But if you're super nervous and you don't get your first laugh, it it is like somebody kicking you right in the balls. You know, oh, dude! Or hitting you right right off the bat, and you're like, I wasn't expecting that. And but that's part of what being pro is is being able to weather that. You know, like you could get you you roll with the punch, or you get hit and you just like keep moving. Like I, that, that's that's another like big one for me that happened like within the last few years was that because every when you level up, like you there's certain there's like little thing like the pausing was a huge level up for me. But then not being hurt by something not working 
Yeah. That that had I mean that's really hard to get past. Because yeah. it's a you it becomes kind of a nightmare scenario when a joke doesn't work. It's like if you ever had a bad literally the whole reason where pe- people ever say like oh, I can't imagine doing what you do. I can't imagine cuz they're imagining themselves bombing or like right. being up there with nothing to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. For sure. But now when I say something it doesn't get over off to the next. Right. I used to think I had a comment on it. Wow, that didn't. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. And then get that that little back end laugh for yeah. like being like, whoa, uh, um, uh, you know that laugh. Yeah, you don't have to do that. No. You don't have to call attention to it. You don't have to, you know, occasionally, sure, but um, not every time. And you don't have to apologize for it. And something I've seen people do recently that I'm like, that is always a fucking mistake. Is when they tell someone they're getting ready to go somewhere dark. Or they tell them they're getting ready to, you know, you know what, let's just talk about, you know. Or, Strap in, everyone. Yeah, that kind of shit. Or, you know, um, it, it's just like you just fucked yourself. You did. It doesn't matter what you say But now. you built this expectation, yeah. you know. And almost. Like, can we get dirty? You guys care if we get dirty? I'm yeah. Like, you, you yeah. Stop wasting your time. Just say the thing. Just we're, we're, say it. We're performing in front of adults. Yeah. You know, one thing Garland taught me with stand-up, too, and like, and he doesn't do it like. He doesn't like do the. He's not like us in that he he's never had an act. You know what I mean? So these like some of the things that we would talk about, like even like joke structure things, like he's always just been uh, very like uh, like a lot of improv up there. Okay. But one thing he said to me about st- technical standup that I thought it changed everything for me. He would watch me feature for him, and I would use way too many words to explain mm-hmm. something. And he said more is implied than you know. Yeah, more's implied. These are yeah. adults. Like, yeah. like you, they don't need uh, a, an explanation, for the most part. Yeah, you had to give them a little bit of setup, but that's just setup. Like, you don't have to make sure they know exactly what you're saying, or make sure they're ready to know what you're yeah. saying. Like, no, dude, just go, just go. Don't do that. You, nobody does that. None of the pros are up there. Like, can you imagine if Patrice O'Neill was like that? Yeah. All right, guys, get ready. This is gonna get gross. <laughs> like. <laughs> No, dude. Yeah, you don't do that. You don't fucking do that. And I see people. I see people at a level that shouldn't be doing it, doing it. And I'm oh, yeah. like, come on. Man. Sometimes you, I, I'm you know shocked at that. some of the black belt comedians and and some of the minor flaw, like the little, some like, of the mistakes they make. You know like, what I don't like? Fucking mistake. I really don't like uh, when comedians go right, right. It's like so, like right, like if you're like going to the grocery store, right, and then like you know you get the they only have like the hand carts, you know, and it's like, dude, I want way more groceries, right? Like, when you want more, like yeah. the right, 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 what is that? Yeah, like stop convincing us. Whatever doesn't add detracts. So if you're saying something that doesn't need to be said, you're fucking yourself, and you're taking the audience. You're and and we all do it. We do it all. That's that's what's so great about stand-up is you're constantly learning like like jeff garland was saying like i still do that sometimes i try to give the crowd too much information or Mm -hmm. think they're stupid and it's like and then and then one night i'll go up and i'll say it without all that extra verbiage it's a bigger pot and i'm like holy fuck that's all he had to do dummy yeah they they get it right you know they don't need this pair this sentence with they all they need is this punchline and that minor setup you know what i'm trying to say yeah um it's it's fascinating, and I learn I learn all the time, and especially in the comedy store. Like going from fifty to ten, I learn how to do that. I learn how to uh, get to it. 
get, get to, to it. it, man. You don't have to do th- if you don't want to do that other joke that's in sandwiched in between it in a longer set. Don't fucking do it. Yeah, just do the funniest part of that and move on to the funniest part of the next one. And and that's an art too. It, it's just it's fucking addictive. And late last night I was getting ready to go on. And it's 11th, and the crowd looks like there's a... Damn, there, dude. It looks like surprised you stayed that long. Yeah. There, it looked like the crowd looked like there, somebody had thrown a grenade in there. Yeah. But my leg was still, like, shaking a little bit. But instead of it bothering me, I was like, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You, <laughs> it's like you condense the nervousness to excitement. Yeah. Gives yeah. you energy. Just be like, fucking, this is... And one night I had to follow Chappelle, and I was like, instead of being nervous about it, I was like, this is cool as shit. Yeah, that I'm D- even, ain't that the that I'm even allowed to go after him, right? You know what I mean. Instead D- of being nervous about what it, what baffles me is cool about Chappelle it. would be up there and he'd be on hour two, right? And he's really fucked to show up. Like, I mean, Diddy because it's way cooler now, but then yeah. we all f- get fucked. But the guy that would be right after him, they would leave. Have you seen that happen? It happens a lot. Where the guy sure. that would have been scheduled next, but Chappelle popped in. Would end up going like, oh fuck this, I'm out. Like, dude, you've lost it. You've lost your, you've lost that the the love of it. Because yeah. to me, he could do three hours. I will wait every minute just to go up, just to get brought up by Dave Chappelle. Because Dave, guess what? Dave Chappelle goes, all right, who's next? Yeah. Dave Chappelle. All right, guys, give it up for Tim Gaither. Dave yeah. Chappelle right. is bringing you on. How do you get over that? Yeah. There's no level of success, right? Where I would get over that. I just think yeah. like, how fucking cool. And instead of being like, this is bullshit, be like, no, this is just a different night. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know what's, I mean, for real, what's bullshit is like all the, the fact that we even get to do this. Yeah. That to make a living off of goofing off? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I feel like I hit the jackpot. Every bullshit little check I get, it doesn't matter how much it's for. It's like somebody, some idiot paid me. To literally go up there and talk about getting high or or whatever, like I can't believe that yeah. I'm getting paid for this shit. And and sometimes I beat myself up for what I don't do during the day. And like yesterday, I had to be like, dude, you just got home. If you want to sit around and watch TV or you want to read a book or whatever, that's okay too. That's mm-hmm. part. That's part of why I got into this is because I wanted to watch wrestling and I wanted to read and I wanted to work out and I didn't want to worry about. You know, I've got tons of free time, and sometimes I beat myself up because I don't feel like I'm filling it enough with things to advance my career. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's like, well, you have to remember that's not exactly why you got into this, like to sit on social media all fucking day yeah. and trying to get more followers and all that crap. Holy fuck. You know, I did it so I could have a life and get paid to, to be funny. Yeah. It's fucking great to do that. You know, they give me a check and compliments, and they're like, here you go. We'd love to have you back. And I'm like, you bet your ass. I, I mean, dude, back. like, people know that feeling. <laughs> People know that feeling of like getting a laugh. Like people know any anybody knows that feeling and how intoxicating that is. Yeah. And sometimes it's like that one laugh they got in the board meeting or the wherever. You know what I mean? They live off that for a lifetime. They'll yeah. always remember that time they yeah. made the whole room laugh. It's a gr- it's there's not a drug that does that. I literally do drugs to feel like that. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's other drugs and it doesn't even get to that. You know what I mean? It's like I just wasted my time. But uh, we do that all the time. Like that's our life. Like I literally every tonight I'm gonna get that drug. Yeah, and and we could talk all day, but we, we'll uh, we'll end it on this. Richard Pryor said that uh, when you're up there and you're killing, nothing beats it. Not drugs. Not even pussy. Mm-hmm. And for Richard Pryor to say that, 
about drugs and pussy. Which, that's all he did when he wasn't up there. Need, yeah, that's all you need to know about stand-up and why I'll go from making a few thousand dollars on the road and then come back here and drive 70 miles round trip to do 10 minutes at the comedy store for free. Yeah. That's why I still do that. Yeah. I know that, like, ah, that line isn't getting what I want it to. Yeah. I drive 70 oh, miles dude, and that line. hours out of my life. The obsession over one line. Yeah. That if you didn't go out and at least try it, you're up on, like, I would sit there if I didn't have a spot and I, and earlier that day I wrote something and then I'm just thinking, God, I, I could t- it would totally kill. And yeah. I'm sitting there, and it's night. The sun goes down, and I and I happen to make the mistake of looking at Twitter at that time, and I see all my friends are going out. They're they're gigging up, you know. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like I will lose my fucking mind just for that one line. Yeah. I didn't even have to come up with it. Yeah. I did. Now I if I don't do it, I'm gonna go fucking mad. I'll go somewhere and do ten minutes and it not go well, but that one line did well. And yeah. Like, oh, dude. That's, yeah. That's hey, mission matters. accomplished. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's all that matters. All I wanted was that line. All I needed was it. The yeah. next line. It yeah. is like cocaine. <laughs> it's so weird, man. How intoxicating it is. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to, like I said, enjoy it. Like when I'm driving, to, I'm like, you know, it might be irrational, but it's it's cool as shit. The feeling I get, you know. Playing the lottery, throwing my name in the bucket, and all that shit. Can't beat it, man. Um, where can people find you, Matt Edgar? Uh, at Matt Edgar. Anywhere. I mean, um. M A T E D G A R. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Because you're not Matthew, just Matt. Technically, it's Matthew, but it has one T in it. One T. So yeah. uh, it's just been Matt for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, We've had that discussion. But yeah. It bothers me when the, the two T's on a Matt. It's unnecessary. Yeah, it's you don't need it. It's the same <laughs> Matt. Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do I? Have, is there another <laughs> syllable? Like, no. But yeah, I'm on. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's normally the, that's the one. The, Twitter's okay. I retweet gigs, but Instagram I have fun with, and okay. uh, no Facebook. But if you go there, you you'll do Facebook s- at all. Nah, I read articles. I, I don't. I'm block. I've. I don't go. I don't interact. Okay. I like the stream of articles though. People post interesting shit. Videos. Yeah, uh, as but as long as it's not fake, please don't po- repost fake shit. Drives me insane. Yeah, I know. I, I that always fucks me up too, because then I just lost ten minutes watching a plane do a barrel roll, like a seven forty seven. I did last night. This big old seven forty seven does a barrel and lands. I'm like, what the fuck? Then, I'm like googling it to like where and when did this happen? And then like you just read the comments. It's like fake, fake. Like, oh yeah, of course that's fake. <laughs> there goes ten fucking minutes trying to. F- Figure out how this guy did a barrel roll in a 747. Two things I do not give a fuck about. Yeah, it's like 9-11. We don't have time to talk about oh, that. Oh, I know you love 9-11, <laughs> dude. I, I, you got me on some of that shit, too. We'll talk about that another time, but yeah, yeah. We, that's shit, man. That's a whole other podcast. I've yeah. wanted to talk to you about that. We will. We'll next right. Monday at the Comedy Store. Yeah, um, but I'm around. I do shows constantly. I'm pretty local, and uh, yeah, Matt Edgar. Okay, and uh, makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N, itthappen.com. How about little Bo Macon? And my website's timgathercomedy.com. I've got the St. Louis Funny Bone, September's 26th through 30th, and then I'm going off the road for 10 weeks because my baby boy is coming. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, then I'll start up again December 12th. But uh, I'll be around the comedy store a lot in the meantime, and, yeah, follow me on all that bullshit and my YouTube and all that stuff. And thanks for listening. God bless all of you. Bye.